Warning, the following content may contain adult language, crimes against children, crimes of a sexual nature, or sometimes extreme details of their crimes we report on. Please use discretion when listening. Welcome to Lies and Alibis. I'm Megan. And I'm Cam. Today we are diving into the mystery of the Bakersfield 3 case. It's a story of three people who ran in the same circle of friends. James Colstad was shot and killed. The body part of his friend, Micah Holsenbake, was found in the water. And Bailey Despot hasn't been seen since 2018, not long after all of this began. In the months following, they came to be known as the Bakersfield 3. Their cases remain unsolved. Michael Holsenbake's life was chaotic in the days leading up to his disappearance. In the weeks and months prior to Micah's disappearance, his family could tell that something was troubling him. Lance and Cheryl Holsenbeg both recalled their son behaving erratically in the days before he vanished, but none of it seemed to make sense coming from someone like Micah. His family described him as intelligent and hardworking. He had a comfortable upbringing in Rosedale and worked his way into a lucrative career as a financial advisor, despite only one year of college. But Michael was going through a dark time following a rocky separation from his wife and family, and had been struggling with a painkiller addiction for the last two years. The year before, he'd been laid off from his job after going on disability leave due to his depression. According to court documents, Micah owed drug-related debts to members of the Hells Angels as well as the cartel. One friend of Micah's told police his life seemed to be heading in a downward spiral after he lost the ability to see his son, and often got into fights with others at the bar. In one witness statement, an unidentified woman told police of a prior incident when she and Holsenbake were kidnapped at gunpoint and driven to an orchard in West Bakersfield. Holsenbake bolted from the vehicle as it was moving, she told police. That account was corroborated by a friend of Holsenbake's who told police that he had been kidnapped at gunpoint. He told his parents that he feared for his life, frequently thought that he was being followed in his car, and rambled about various people he believed were out to get him, but they mostly wrote it off. Micah was last seen by extended family member March 23, 2018. Micah was crossing the intersection of Mount Vermont Avenue and Flower Street, near Kern Medical. Since then, there have been stories of sightings all over the county and even outside the state, leaving Micah's family to hear upwards of at least 50 different scenarios. 16 days after the last confirmed sighting of Micah, James Colstad was shot and killed, leaving a small house party at a chiropractor's house in southwest Bakersfield. Micah had been hanging around with James Colstad for some time before his disappearance. It's not clear when they first met, but it appears they become friendly through the drug scene. Like Micah, James first became addicted to prescription painkillers after being hit by a car, before progressing to fentanyl patches and eventually heroin. He'd been a single father to his daughters, Cameron and August. His obituary characterized him as a freewheeling surfer who held a patent for an action sports product and earned the nickname Joe Vegas for his love of gambling and table games. In the wake of her father's death, Cameron says that a number of stories and rumors about his life surfaced, further complicating her grief. Cameron said, quote, some of the stories I've heard is that he was a really bad person these last three years. 
Now, she said this in 2019. On the night of James' murder, he reportedly drove to an acquaintance's home in southwest Bakerfield, which would be the chiropractor we mentioned. And his brother, Ryan Colstad, was actually already there at the house hanging out. Ryan claims that the homeowner allegedly owed money to James and told Ryan that if James came over to his house, he'd call his boys and they'd come over there strapped, which Ryan says he didn't interpret as a serious threat. I don't really know why, but he didn't. Ryan and James then reportedly argued about this on the phone, and James still showed up at the house a couple of hours later. Ryan says he had just returned from driving someone else home and noticed a driver in a silver sedan behaving suspiciously as he returned to the house. Moments later, Ryan and his unidentified male passenger heard gunshots on the next block. An unknown gunman had opened fire on James from another car, causing him to crash into a parked trailer. The silver sedan was seen speeding away from the scene. Bawa lived in a quiet subdivision of southwest Bakerfield. It was an unlikely setting for a drive-by and initially seemed to lack motive. Then, things began to unravel. Bawa, it turned out, had been arrested twice in 2016 and 2017 after driving while impaired. And in addition to liquid heroin, Xanax, and hydrocodone, police also found two unregistered loaded guns in his car an AR-15, and a 22 LR semi-automatic rifle with a fake silencer attached. All of this was detailed in a disciplinary complaint filed by the California Board of Chiropractic Examiners, and after Bawa's name began repeatedly surfacing in connection with the shooting, a rumor began to circulate about a black market gun and drug trafficking ring in which Bawa was supposedly a central figure. It was the type of conspiracy theory most people instinctively write off as too bizarre to be credible but it must have rung a bell to Lance Holsenbeck. Before Micah's disappearance, he told his father he was putting together guns for people. Lance said he reacted in disbelief to this confession because the idea that Micah would risk his career by getting involved in illegal gun manufacturing just did not make sense. Lance told his son, if you're this afraid, then just stop. But Micah couldn't stop. Micah reportedly told his dad, I can't do that, I can't do that, and that's all he would say. He was afraid that if he did just stop, that these people would hurt his family. Lance wrote it off as paranoia exaggerated by his son's drug use and didn't know how much of it was real and how much was in Micah's mind. According to Lance, Bakersfield police initially suggested that Micah had left town of his own volition after getting mixed up in criminal activity and, from what I can tell, they didn't make much of an effort to investigate after this. They just literally said, eh, he left on his own, we're done here. Though the family says he was last seen on March 23rd, 2018 in Bakersfield, police claim he wasn't reported missing until April 4th, and it appears they waited until April 13th when he had been missing for almost a month before Bakersfield Police Department made its first public statement regarding his disappearance. After James was murdered a few days later, the Holson Bake and Colstad families grew increasingly frustrated with the apparent lack of interest in investigating either case, and they told the media that as they began digging into the circumstances surrounding both cases, one name kept coming up with 
everyone they talked to. Bailey Despot. And within a week, Bailey Despot had also gone missing in Bakersfield. Bailey parent Despot was 20 years old when she was reported missing in April 2018. And the family say that it was her disappearance that finally motivated the police and local news to start investigating the links between all three cases. Bailey's sister, Caitlin, described her as a girl that's grown up in a good neighborhood, raised by good parents, had a good childhood, could have had everything she ever wanted, much like James and Micah. And beneath the surface, she was as troubled as either of the men. After graduating high school, she'd run off to Vegas to marry her boyfriend, but their rocky relationship turned into an abusive marriage that ended just a year later in 2017. In the aftermath, she wrecked her car, lost her job, and in her mother's words, her life just spiraled out of control. In July 2017, Bailey was arrested for disorderly conduct in front of her friend Micah Holsenbake's house. This came as a surprise to her sister, who had, at one point, been friendly with Micah. She didn't realize he and Bailey had even known each other. But even though he was 14 years older than Bailey, Micah helped her get a restraining order against her abusive ex-boyfriend. They didn't see any cause for concern. It is often thought that Micah and James, but especially Micah, tried to look after Bailey. Still, Bailey's life continued to spiral out of control. The following month, she was drugged and gang raped at an acquaintance apartments complex. She disappeared for days at a time and resurfaced with horrible stories or pleading phone calls begging to be picked up. On one occasion, Caitlin remembers she had none of her belongings, no shoes. A couple nights after that, there were two vehicles that came to pick her up and we could tell by the look on her face that she didn't want to go. But if she didn't go, we didn't know what would happen. Not long after that incident, Bailey had a new boyfriend, Matthew Queen, who was 43 years old, as opposed to the 20-year-old Bailey. Queen was already a convicted felon when the two met, and just an all-around bad dude. Not much is known about his background, with one major exception. In the early 2000s, he pled guilty to one count of making a false statement to a federal firearms dealer after he used a false address, but his real name, to purchase $11,000 in guns from dealers in Indiana. Many of those guns were later recovered at crime scenes in Detroit and Chicago. Don't assume he saw the error in his ways either. He most certainly did not. In December of 2017, just a few weeks into Matthew and Bailey's relationship, they were arrested after police found four unmarked, unregistered, loaded assault rifles in Matthew's car during a traffic stop. Neither he nor Bailey said a word to the police, but Matthew, who was a convicted felon, was prohibited from carrying any guns or ammo at all. And he was charged with several felonies, while Bailey pled no contest to a lesser misdemeanor and received three years probation. Later that month, she moved in with Matthew, his mother, and his estranged wife. As in, still legally married, lived with him, his mom, and his new young girlfriend, wife. Yeah, he had a wife. Bailey's family saw and heard even less from her after the move to Queen's house. In April, a month after Micah's disappearance, and just one day after she and Matthew attended a court date for the weapons charges, Bailey went missing. Her mother believed she was pregnant with Matthew's child and was trying to leave him at the time. Matthew told police that she had connections through her father's side of the family with a Mexican drug cartel and believed they had something to do with her disappearance. 
But who can believe a liar such as Matthew Queen? Truly. Local interest in the case reached an even greater frenzy after Micah's severed arm was found in the Kern River in Hart Park on the east side of town, not far from where he was last seen. On August 18th, a group of young people playing in the river discovered a bag weighed down with rocks. Inside the bag was a human arm, from the forearm to the hand. Though the bag had been on the bottom of the river, it was moving with the current, so investigators say it could have been dropped anywhere upstream. It was positively identified in late December of 2018 that the arm belonged to Micah Holstenbake. Another curveball came around this time, too, when a former friend of Bailey's named Sarah Wiedemeyer, 21, filed a restraining order against Bailey's mother, Jane Parent. As it was reported, Sarah had moved in with Matthew mere weeks before Bailey disappeared, and she was four months pregnant with his child when she attempted to take out legal action against Bailey's mother. She did understand the claim that Jane Parent was harassing her and her fiancé by hanging up missing person flyers in their neighborhood. The restraining order wasn't granted, but Queen allegedly began making disturbing social media posts about Bailey, Micah, and the Parent family, with Miss Parent as the primary target. And in mid-2019, the investigation seemed to grind to a halt. This is pretty much where the case sat for roughly the next two years. Then... On May 27, 2020, the Kern County District Attorney held a press conference to announce that they believe Bailey Desplot and Matthew Queen deliberately and with premeditation murdered Michael Holsenbake. Desplot and Queen, along with a third man, Matthew Vanda Castile, were charged with alleged kidnapping, torture, and first-degree murder, as well as unlawful manufacturing of assault weapons, conspiracy relating to the murder and torture plot, and a slew of other assault and gun charges, equaling 34 in total. Queen and Vanda Castile were both in custody at the time the charges against them were filed, but even though Bailey still had not been seen or heard from since 2018, the DA's office issued a warrant for her arrest, leading some to speculate she may still be alive. According to court records, Matthew Queen allegedly believed that Michael Holsenbeck had stolen a 44 caliber revolver from him, and he and Bailey Despot kidnapped Micah, zip-tied him to a chair in Matthew Vanda Castile's garage, and attempted to torture him in order to extract information from him. A blood stain in the garage matched Holsenbeck's DNA. Vanda Castile told police that he didn't see or hear Micah on the night he was killed, but he knew that the other two, meaning Bailey and Matthew Queen, had brought Micah there to question him. After several hours, Bailey allegedly returned to the apartment seeming flustered and changed her clothes in a back bedroom. Before they left, Queen told Vanda Castile that he had cleaned up everything and it was okay to go inside the garage. The next day, Queen returned to Vanda Castile's apartment and said he needed help disposing of something that was in a very large black storage container in the trunk of his car. Vanda Castile claims he refused to help with disposing of the body, but according to police reports, his Google history during that period of time included searches for lye chemical formula, lye for sale, and how long does it take to dissolve a human body, as well as browsing for lye on the Home Depot and Lowe's website. 
Now, you would think that if you're going to do something as stupid as that, you're not going to research every little bit. Because that, that's a paper trail. I mean, a paper trail of paper trails. I wonder what the hell this guy was thinking. So, number one, I don't think he was thinking. Number two, dang boy, don't use your own personal cell phone. Or computer or whatever the heck you use. Like, no. You might as well just paint a red target on your back. Queen, Despot, and Vanda Castile allegedly manufactured and sold AR-15s from gun build kits. Other witness testimony released by the court described various kidnappings that witnesses allege Queen, known as the Boogeyman of Bakersfield, committed. In one incident, Queen allegedly handcuffed one victim to a chair and put an electric dog collar around his neck because he believed the man had stolen a gun part from him. Another witness said that Queen and Vanda Castile showed up armed at his hotel room after the witnesses told Bailey where he was staying and that he believed they intended to kill him because he had been arrested with a large quantity of narcotics that he was fronted or, you know, given without paying for them. And the people who had given him these narcotics could have been upset. According to the police report, surveillance footage from the hotel corroborates this account. It is also believed that he made anonymous calls to a police tip line to misdirect the investigation away from himself. One such caller referenced Bailey as a sugar mama, a phrase which Queen reportedly used to describe her when he spoke to investigators in 2019, and he also used the same pseudonym on the tip line that he did on social media. When police questioned him around this time, he denied being part of a criminal enterprise and claimed he could barely pay his bills. Then, while out on bail for unrelated gun charges in January of 2019, Matthew Queen allegedly kidnapped another man at gunpoint and forced him to walk into the Kern River while Queen accused him of snitching to the cops. Matthew Queen has been in custody ever since July of 2019 due to this kidnapping, where, in kind of some sort of poetic justice, authorities basically trapped him in the Kern River, and he eventually surrendered. Okay, so where is Bailey in all of this, where could she be? That is the million-dollar question. According to official statements from law enforcement, no one knows. After the warrant was issued for her arrest, a wave of speculation followed that she had faked her own death or fled to Mexico with the help of unspecified cartel connections. That story seems less and less likely as more details have emerged from court documents. Vanda Castile told the police that Despot was falling apart mentally after murdering Micah. He and Queen both suspected that she was cooperating with police on an investigation relating to the illegal weapons charges. He even called her a snitch in one interview and told investigators he believed Queen made her disappear. In one interview, a female witness said Queen kidnapped her at gunpoint, took her to an orchard, held an AR-15 to her head while he questioned her about whether Bailey was faithful to him. When police questioned him about Bailey's disappearance in 2019, he said she was depressed and off of her medications, and she had said she wanted to die. 
When the investigator told Queen there had been allegations of domestic violence involving him and Bailey, some of which resulted in bruises, Queen said he had never laid a hand on anyone. He told the detective that she was clumsy. Despite all of this, Jane Parent says that police have told her that they don't consider Matthew Queen a person of interest in Bailey's disappearance, and that there is no known physical evidence that definitively confirms her possible death. She is now offering her own fully funded $1,000 reward for information about her daughter's location. Then, on August 1st, 2021, something new happened that shook the investigation. There were human remains found east of the overflow parking lot of Piles Boys Camp, and the coroner positively identified the remains as a skull belonging to none other than Micah Holson. The rest of Micah's body, aside from his skull and the severed arm, have not been recovered. Though, according to court documents, investigators believe Matthew Queen may have buried Micah in the hills near Taft, a rural area about 45 minutes west of Bakersfield. With Matthew Queen being arrested in the very same Kern River Micah was found in, he was ordered to stand trial on nearly three dozen charges for a series of violent incidents he is alleged to have perpetrated against several people. He will be tried on a total of 34 charges in the case and faces up to 50 years in prison if convicted on all charges. He has pleaded not guilty and is being held in jail without bail. Queen is accused of murdering and torturing Micah Holtzenbake, kidnapping and threatening two other people at gunpoint, along with numerous charges for the manufacture, sale, and possession of firearms. Out of the two men arrested for the case, one got off with a plea deal. Matthew Vandekastil has agreed to testify against Matthew Queen. In Vandekastil's plea deal, he agreed to testify against Queen, admit to a few charges, and serve a total of four years in jail. The trial against Matthew Queen was set to begin in October of 2021, but it was pushed back for reasons unknown to us. The trial was then moved from October to February of the new year. But as of this recording, it is early February 2022 and we still have not seen a new trial date emerge. A judge in California said to expect the trial to get pushed back even further, and it looks like he is right. This is as much as we know currently, and there are still so many things left unsolved. To what extent was the chiropractor involved with Matthew Queen and Vanda Castile's trafficking racket? Was Sarah Weedmeyer involved with Bailey's disappearance? If not, how does she end up living with Matthew and expecting his child just two months after her friend went missing? Why did Sarah and Matthew harass Bailey's mother for months after the disappearance? More than anything, I'm still lost as to Bailey Despot's motivation for any of this. Did she just find herself in too deep with no way out? Did she actively make the choice to become a gun runner? Did Matthew, looking to settle a grudge against Micah, seek out a relationship with Bailey with the intent of using her to get to him? Did he kill her because she was cooperating with the cops because she attempted to leave him? Or because he was just a sociopath who felt she was no longer useful? Jane Parent suspects whatever happened to her daughter happened because she knew too much. The search for Bailey is still ongoing. Micah's case is, as we mentioned, being brought to trial. James Colstad is a different story. As more about Bailey's last few weeks and months have begun to come to light, she has left us with a little less questions, but 
James, his case is almost as it was when he was first murdered. There's much mystery surrounding the events of James's murder, and honestly, it makes me wonder if we could look into it more. Will we be able to solve this? Could James be the key to putting everything together if only police would look? My first thought is, one, don't get involved with people like this. Really, I mean, everything that has happened, and I know there's a whole lot to follow in this case, but everything that has happened ultimately comes down to being at the wrong place, at the wrong time, involved with the wrong people. If any of this was drug-related, gun-related, cartel-related, you're doing favors for somebody. If you take drugs and you don't pay for them, and you don't give whoever gave you those drugs either the drugs back or the money, they're going to come for you. There's a lot of ugly people in this world, and that, unfortunately, is one of them. Vanda Castile would get off extremely well if he got four years, because he wouldn't have been brought in this case if he wasn't ultimately involved. So no, you're right. Vanda Castile was involved because it was his apartment in the garage where Michael was allegedly killed at by Queen and Despot. So yeah, I mean, he was an accessory to murder. He was an accessory to these crimes. But yeah, I mean, I think like you said, a lot of this could have been prevented if people weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it's not always that easy to just say you should have stayed away because obviously that's a duh. But think about it. If you have a surgery or if Micah and James got addicted to these painkillers because of an innocent reason, i.e. James being hit by a car, Micah having surgery, then it's really unfortunate that things turned out the way they did. Once you get that addiction, it's like, well, a little bit more will just help a little bit. But then after that, it becomes something more. And from everything I have seen, read, and heard doing these researches and the podcast, once you hit that next level, you're in that world, and you don't even know how you got there. Anyone with information regarding James or Bailey is urged to contact Bakersfield Police Department at 661-327-7111 or the Kern Secret Witness Program at 661-322-4040. A reward for up to $10,000 is being offered for information leading to an arrest in James's case and a thousand for Bailey's case raised by her mother. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lies and Alibi. If you want to keep up with the case and see the photos of the people we spoke about, follow us on social media. You can follow us on TikTok at Lies and Alibis, on Instagram at Lies and Alibis Podcast, and on Twitter at Lies Alibis POD.